Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Buzz Podcast. It's the third episode today. We have DJ B, the GOAT of college. <laughs> uh, DJ B, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, which camera am I looking at? You can look at it. <laughs> we, got, we have angles. Right, we can look at us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm Didier Jean-Baptiste. I uh, am the Dean of Seniors in College Placement. I've been the college guidance counselor here, or one of the college guidance counselors here for six years now. You guys are my sixth class, and uh, but I've been working at Benedict's forever. I graduated from here in 86. I've been working here since 1990 in various capacities. So my first question is, I remember we spoke about this, but how how did you get into the position you are right now? So like your position in the school. Um, so I used to teach, I used to work in the fundraising office. That was my job right before I took this role on. And um, the outgoing college guidance counselor uh, left and we hired someone new. Father Ed hired someone new. And then, I think in July, that person said, you know what, I can't take the job. So, like, summer phase was going to start in a couple weeks. And you know the college guidance counselor has to teach a class during the summer phase. And we had no college guidance counselor. So father was like, what do I do? So he just was like, I have to hire someone from Benedict's because there was no time to go searching around, putting ads in the paper. So uh, he just found me. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> his thinking was, like, the co- like, I didn't know anything about how to do college guidance. Right. I knew about colleges, just, I don't know how, but I just knew about <laughs> colleges. Into Ivy League, that's what. Um, but. He had the um, credentials. I mean, I, because I had to, I did have to do a thorough search myself when I was applying, but that was literally yeah. All 40 years ago. Oh. Um, so, uh, SAT score? That's crazy. <laughs> no, SAT score wasn't good. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I knew about colleges, but what Father realized, and I think he's right, is that the person who's got this job has to know the school because we have to describe how you as students, applicants, fit in this community. So to describe that, we have to know what this community is about. And we have to be able to write decently. And that's one thing. I, you know, I'm not a person who said I'm good at this, I'm good at that. But one thing I know I can do well is write. So he recognized I can write and that um, I know the school after being around for so long. And right. it worked. The first year was crazy. I had so much to learn about this, like how to use Naviance, how to just even sending a transcript. I didn't know how to do that. But... Um, that stuff was relatively easy to learn, but what's harder to learn is how to write and what this school is all about. Something that should come with the job when you're looking for it, right? So, um, obviously last year was, and this year have been very different because of the pandemic. So how would you say the college process has changed over the years since you started to now? I think that what's changed is... Um, I think what students expect or what students know, um, I think that, and I think things will get, have already gotten better for next year's students because of what you guys have done this year. So I think that you guys learned a lot from, I think a key conversation was maybe when Woodmay and Juan Perez and Jules and I forgot, it was you know, five or six alumni came in sometime during the summer and talked to you guys about how they applied early decision and did QuestBridge and things like that. And I think that that maybe planted the seed for you guys to say, okay, I got to take this seriously. I got to apply early. If I really want to shoot for Northwestern, Emory, Yale, Penn, I got to apply early. 
do early decisions. And so you guys did it, and now because of the success you guys have had getting in by doing Questbridge, by doing early decision, we've, we've seen it in the current UD2s, right? We've got 12, I think 12 people applied to Questbridge College Prep Scholars program. Um, and that'll probably translate into, you know, maybe eight, seven, who knows how many doing the Questbridge College Match program next fall. And then, again, people, and then you've got all these guys who got into the Lehigh early decision who got into RPI early decision, you know, that's going to spur, I hope, the UD2s to realize that if you want to get into these super competitive places, you've got to apply early. And that, and in the past, students just didn't do it. We had, we'd have like three people applying early decision in the past. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's a huge, important change. So that's probably something that's, that's good that's come out the, uh, the pandemic, cause the virtual atmosphere that we can bring on alumni to talk about how they got into college and so that's like helped us promote Questbridge uh, programs like Questbridge and Early Decision. Uh, do you think, in particular, do you think there was other qualities in this class this year that made us stand out to applicants to, to as applicants to schools? Well, I would say that um, I mean I knew coming into this year this would be a good, you know, there would be students going to like super competitive colleges because you guys had the grades too. That's the other thing. You got to have the grades to get in, and your class has like forty students who have above a three four or something like that, and that's not usual. There might be twenty usually, um, so that's great. Um, also, I think that the fact that so many schools went test optional that yeah, helped, right? Yeah. Um, Benedict's students are great, you know, in terms of you know doing well in classes, participating, leadership, all that kind of stuff, but where we're not so great at is standardized testing. Um, and so not having that as being as key a part of the application process, I think really helped this year. Uh, you mentioned standardized testing. So I remember we, we had Im implemented Linwood Academy to, to our SAT prep. So what do you, because obviously it didn't go that well. So what do you think could have been done better to make that more efficient for us? Well, I mean, I think that when it comes to stuff like standardized testing, that's something that all I can do is, like, take the, you guys' horses to water and say, here, drink. Um, I cannot be monitoring what 160 students are doing in terms of standardized test prep, right? So I'm not sure what we could do um, better. And I think that everyone also had it in their minds that, oh, it's test optional, so I don't really have to take yeah. test prep that seriously. It turned out to be that it's true, you know, more or less. Um, I mean, there are, I think there are some people who maybe didn't get into schools that they wanted to get into who, if they also had the test scores, maybe could have. So um, I still want to say people should be studying for the SAT because if you've got a solid score, that's something that a lot of kids don't have because they slacked off on their test prep, and it can improve your chance of getting in. So um, it's a fine balance between saying, don't worry if you don't score well on your tests, on your SATs, you'll still have great chances in saying, but put energy into it because you can, by studying, can give yourself a leg up on other people. But do you think, like, standardized tests really benefit a student? Because now we see, like, there are more and more colleges that are going, like, test optional. Um, so with me, I didn't score that great, but I still got into Emory. Mm -hmm. Do you think standardized tests are really that important? Well, I mean, as I was saying, I think that they can, if, uh, you know, not everyone got in everywhere they wanted to go. So there were a couple of schools where maybe some people could have gotten in if they 
had gotten their test scores high, right? Um, do I think that standardized tests say something about your academic, academic ability? No. I mean, I won't, there's a student who last year got like a 12-something on their SAT, and they spent this year studying their butt off, and they've now got a 1,500-something, 1,520. Yeah. Um, But is he any different than he was last year? Is he a different student? No, at Benedict's, he's still the same kind of student, still getting the same grades he used to get in classes. But because he had the time and energy to dedicate to that standardized testing, he raised his score by 300. So um, it's really unfair that people who have the money to spend on expensive standardized testing uh, classes and have the Well, they don't necessarily have more time to do because all, all high-achieving seniors, I think, are just as busy. But they've got the money. That's, that's the key thing. They've got the money to spend for one-on-one -on -one tutoring on their SATs. It shouldn't make that much of a difference. Um, it's not fair that it makes that much of a difference that those who have money can get those scores up there while those of us who don't have to rely on, like, large group classes um, and less effective ways of studying for the SAT. You mentioned monitoring kids. You mentioned monitoring kids before. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to ask, like, if a kid tells you, because your job is basically to get us into college. Oh, help you get yourself into college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you say when a kid tells you they don't want to go to college? Um, I mean, I guess that that's one thing. I, when I was thinking about the fact that we were meeting, I wanted to make sure that we made it clear that my job is not necessarily to get you into college. It's for me to help each student leave here with a plan of what they, you know, based on what they want to do. I mean, we're a prep school, you know, St. Benedict's prep, so we come to students with the assumption that every student wants to go to college, but that may not be the case, and that's okay. That's not for me to decide that, yeah, for you, college is the best thing. I have to respect what a student wants. I mean, I may want to challenge them a bit and say, are you sure that that's what you want to do? But if they've thought it through and they don't want to go to college, then I'm not I'm not in the, I don't think it's my job to tell them you should go to college. So a lot of a lot of students can probably be going through that that are, that are watching. So what are some of the best like options you think you can think of that like alternatives to college? Um, I mean, for one, the armed forces, um, you know, joining uh, the armed forces because you can learn skills, and especially for students who feel like, hey, I don't think I have the discipline yet. Learn more discipline um, and come out. You know, you get an education while you're there, and then on top of that, like you get certificates and things like that. You don't get your bachelor's or associate's degree, but you get certific certifications in different areas. And then, you know, through uh, the GI Bill, you know, can get uh, part of your college education paid for once you get out. So that's a great option. Another thing that um, we've promoted is a program called Year Up, which um, in New Jersey is run out of Hudson County Community College where you spend a year at Hudson, and you take some classes in certain defined areas, uh, hotel management, they also have a healthcare management track, a couple of others. And then you get a job. First half of the year, you're taking classes. And those classes are also in professionalism, how to write a resume, how to present yourself at a job, how to dress for a job, et cetera. Second half of the year, you actually have an internship. And then um, and you're paid during that internship. And then once that year is over, you decide, do I want to continue and get my associate's degree and then eventually maybe my bachelor's, or do I want to just stick with the job that I've got? And it's, it's a good job that you can move advance in. So 
there, if you're not sure, do I want to work or do I want to go to school, you got Europe, where you do a little bit of both, and then after a year, you decide which one you want to do. That's another good option. Um, yeah. So, um, I want to go back, a little bit back to the pandemic. So, um, obviously, during the pandemic, we couldn't really do college visits, so we had them virtually. So, uh, how do you think that affected the college process and in a positive or a good way? Or negative way? Um, I don't feel like last year's class necessarily had, um, I mean, obviously their educational experience was, you know, severely impacted, right? But I, I don't think that they went to different schools than they would have gone to if there hadn't been a pandemic. I think that the opportunities to meet with alumni at different schools through, through Zoom still got them a sense of uh, what schools made sense for them, where they, what they might like, not like. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question. What was tell me? So like, what are the positive and negatives of not having college visits? Mm, I don't think there are any negatives. Uh, positives is not having the in-person visits. Yeah. Um, but we did the best that we could with those. What we call B carts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I think that by doing that, we helped students figure out what places made sense for them. Yeah, I'd have to say, like, college visits, like, they're, like, fun. J- Jumbo's just waiting for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. go down there. <laughs> we have a couple of stories, but, uh, yeah, I feel like college visits, uh, for me, my first college visit uh, was Notre Dame. I went with Gio. Uh, we drove up there to Indiana, uh, and I think that made me want to go to a big school, too. Not a big school, but, like, a school that has a bigger, a big, like, good reputation. Uh, something that's, like, challenging, because... Like, I always thought of myself to go to, like, a high standard school or whatever. But uh, before the pandemic, my grades were not, they weren't too hot. Uh, so I'd say, like, the pandemic, and I know other students can relate, it helped us academically. Uh, because, I mean, for me, I got all A's. You can see that in my transcript. And I think a lot of other kids did benefit from that, too. But, again, there were a lot of downfalls to the pandemic. Um but I, I really don't think, like, pandemic really affected the class of 22. Yeah, when you guys say you got high grades, did you get high grades because, hey, class teachers took it easy on us? Or was it, like, hey, I'm at home, I can focus more? I think it's both. I feel like, for me, it was more of the second part. Uh, like, just being at home, it helped me create a structure and an organization for myself where I had discipline every day. And, like, being at Benedict's, the great part of Benedict's is the extracurriculars, the community, you're always here. And going home... And managing that time is also struggling a struggle when you're here. But when you're at home, you can just, like, set everything to, like, oh, I'm going to do this now, do this now. So it's more organized. And for me, that was better, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. Same with me. Like, I kind of took it easy. It wasn't even that bad. Plus, like, you have your phone with you. You can contact your classmates, work on things together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, with, like, when you're here, you have activities, you know, you all doing different things you're never really in contact that much unless you're on the same team activity whatever it is um but going back to the college trips <laughs> so we, we went to india we're driving we're driving to to notre dame right that was on no, the way back that was on our way back on our way back john baptiste was speeding but he wasn't driving a car he was driving like, how many pounds is a bus? Like, like, a, a like bus? 3K? Like, a ton. Three, a I ton? Said, he was driving a ton. A regular car weighs more. No. 
driving <laughs> tons, as driving tons with children inside the bus. <laughs> he got pulled over <laughs> for speeding 80 miles per hour on the highway. And let me tell you, I know. On the bus, how do you not fast us? Well. I saw someone take a screenshot of the speed of meter or whatever it is. either Jonathan Dose or Andrew Darcy. <laughs> they sent us a Snapchat. No, <laughs> Honestly. In the plane. I thought you were going to jail. The speed limit is higher. It's higher in the plane. I thought you were going to jail. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. Cop understood that we were just trying to get home after a 14-hour uh, trip. You know, a little tired. Perception, you know, maybe a little <laughs> affected. So he took pity on me. <laughs> Remember that 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 room we got was massive. Yeah, we had like uh, Darcy, Seba, Jumbo, and myself in that. And we, <laughs> I remember we built a fort. We built a fort. <laughs> the whole Stay room up. was covered in like uh, bed sheets and like <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So how, have whatever you ever... happens in your rooms, I don't want to see. I was gonna say, have you ever gotten a complaint from any college visits? Like where we're just like, don't come back. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, we. Well, we make sure before we go on a college visit, we got to set expectations because we don't need that to happen, right? Yeah. Because you guys are going to represent us, and you don't want to ruin chances of future Benedict's kids going to that school. Right. So we make sure we set expectations. I mean, you can build a fort as long as you're not making a whole bunch of noise and no one knows. That's all right. Nah. <laughs> you could tell we were quiet because DJV was knocked <laughs> in the next room. I remember it was like midnight, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm walking down the hallway. Mr. John Baptiste's room is wide open. He's sleeping like he's like like, like a mummy, like a mummy, <laughs> sleeping like this with that his door crazy. open. Like that dorm was. He was, it was really old. tired. It was old. It explains why you know he was out of it speeding. You know, explains. <laughs> no, that, that was a crazy trip. Remember when we got to the uh, the first place we went? What was it? It was like a. Not a shelter. I guess it was a homeless oh, yeah, shelter. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a homeless shelter. And it was that lady who was oh, he, cursing. Yeah. Desk, yeah. yeah she was, came crazy at us. It was yeah. weird. Yeah. That, that that threw me off. Because that was like my first time in the Midwest, really. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is how it is? Yeah. That was like she, the first encounter. I was encounter. not happy to see people of color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my first, like, kind of, I guess, race, racism experience. I mean, yeah, that was one of the most blatant racism, experiences of racism I've, yeah. I've she had. She was definitely, like... Out of it though. Yeah, yeah, something was wrong. She had mental illness, clearly. So. Yeah. All that to do some charity, man. <laughs> you gotta do charity just to be insulted. <laughs> That's life. That's crazy. So, oh, we also did the football game. We went football game. That was a good trip. It was a good trip, man. Yeah. And that. that's why we do, I mean, you know, like you guys said, a lot of times we want to take kids on these trips so they get inspired. So they say, oh, wow, that's because I don't think people. A lot of our students have not seen these kind of places, right? right. Colleges are like uni- they're like cities, right? Wow, I could be here. But to do that, I have to hit this target, that target. And I think it helps people set ex- set goals for themselves. Hopefully, that's what these kind of trips do yeah. for younger kids. And similarly to, to Jumbo, when we went to Notre Dame, it really like motivated me to keep going and keeping my grades up there to go to an elite school. I remember you texted me. Saying that if I kept my grades up, like this, this could be a reality for me, and like that really just like set me on paths, like really just focus on that and like do the best I can with my activities. I remember back then I wasn't doing that many activities; I was doing just soccer, mm-hmm. and and like it got me involved with the Benedict News admissions team and all that we're doing now. So, yeah, you know when you speak about being involved, that uh, that's what I think a lot of sometimes, especially soccer players, right? because soccer is demanding. It's not just one season, but it's, then you do 
superstars all year. I think they become a little bit one-dimensional. And, yeah. and I think it's important for soccer players especially to realize that they've got to add some others. They've got to find a way to fit in some other stuff. Like, I mean, we've had, like, I remember Eduardo Richa from three or four years ago. Although he was on soccer, you know, varsity, A, and doing club, he also was, you know, musician um, and did a couple other things. You've got to find a way. Soccer players have got to find a way to do more than just, oh, I do club soccer and I do varsity soccer all year. You got to do more if you want to get into, you know, the Emory's in the Northwestern. Yeah. I say I, I involved myself more junior year because I realized, you know, I got to do something. All I did was fencing, mm-hmm. so I was in that soccer player mindset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the all the students watching, uh, if someone tells you to get involved, they mean it because you're not going to get to where you want to be unless you involve yourself more in the community. Yeah. And that's everywhere. That's every school. Um, it's the same thing. Yeah, the community needs you, but also you need to have that kind of resume. That has you change you change the. Oh, this one. You're recording on that, right? Yeah, the audio. All right, yeah. We're gonna have to use that. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so there's been a lot of changes to the school. The girls have been a new addition to the school. And, it's, I mean, last year you worked with them as well, but this year there's a lot more of them. And, 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 and in person. Yeah, a lot more boys. And so. they went to college visits. So how has that been, it's like, dealing with college admissions? I mean, for sure, it's been... I, I'm Even right now, you know, we're at the end of April, and I'm very concerned that I don't have my hands around the entire picture of the senior class, right? It's, it's one thing in the past, you know, I've had to know where 110, what 110 people are doing. What are you thinking? Where have you gotten in? And now to try to do it with 160 is just, I'm afraid that kids are going to fall through the cracks. And, you know, I take, I take my job seriously, and I don't want that to happen. It's easy to focus on you guys who are going to, you know, you know super competitive schools. But there are, you know, there are a lot of guys who need, and girls, who need a lot more guidance, who are a little bit more lost. And um, so I'm really worried. Like, I want to have a meeting on Friday with a set of seniors going into this Easter break to like, tell them, look, you got two weeks when, to, where you're free. And then once we come back from Easter break, you've got one week before deposits are due at colleges. May 1st, deposit is due. And I know a lot of students who, like, haven't done, like, I was just sitting with a student two day, yesterday who had sent her FAFSA to one set of schools, but another set of schools hadn't. She, she just realized yesterday, oh, yeah, these eight schools didn't get my FAFSA. You know, kids who haven't done their, who don't even know what HESA is. You guys don't need to know because you're not going to school in state. But if you're going to school in state, you got to know what HESA is, and you got to do what HESA wants you to do. I mean, there's just so much stuff. Like, getting in is one thing, but then figuring out the financial aid part yeah. is another thing. And... Um, I am just worried that kids are not figuring out the financial aid. It's not doing what they need to do to follow through on the financial aid stuff to be able to actually afford to go to the schools they got into. So I'm, you know, what's the impact of having more students? Um, really more work. work. More work? <laughs> more, more worries. Work. As much as I try, I don't feel like I can get on top of it. So. And as much as, you know, Ms. Marion has been great, but, um, you know, Mr. Mr. Drill since he'd had several years of experience um, and knew the, and, and you know knew the kids from summer all the way till now, um, he, could, he could do more. 
because Ms. Miriam doesn't know this class. You know, she's just started in January, so mm -hmm. there's not as much that she can do on, uh, on on this stuff that we need to focus on right now. Yeah, Mr. Drew could just bang out the recommendations and we're just. Oh, that's one thing. Ms. Miriam has been excellent at banging out the recommendations. Yeah, she, she's, that's the one thing for sure that she's helped tremendously on is the recommendations. But this financial aid stuff, it's a little bit harder to um, to help students with if you don't know them and their family situation. And I know since she's since she's working with you, I know you're like grinding her out, you know. Yeah, I mean she's uh, definitely putting in the hours, you know, the yeah. typical Benedict's hours. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't listen with slack. I know that. Uh, and, and I think anyone who's here realizes they can't, right? I mean, they yeah. see everyone else working really hard. So. Mm. So, what does the average day in in DJB's life look like? Average day in my life. An ideal day is is when I actually get myself to wake up at five and do some exercise in the morning. You're talking about Benedict's day. Or you want me to start from the very beginning? Benedict's day, like, Benedict's day. like you want to like, hear about my personal life? No? Not, not, not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll delve into that. But do you want to hear about my so, exercise routine in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some tips. So September, September, you're dealing with seniors. What does that day look like? Or what's actually deadline day? Deadline day. Deadline oh, day. Deadline day is just. Um, you know, reading essays all day, making comments, taking pictures of comments that I wrote on people's papers and sending them to them, uh, and then, you know, room full of people, uh, a line stretched behind me, you know, who's, who's next, you know, no eating, getting cranky because I didn't eat, um, Damn. Yeah, well, you guys witnessed it. Yeah, so. this year, we stayed to like, what, 12? Yeah. Are doing our finalizing our quest bridge applications like twelve? What day was it? October? It was it was like the first the the thirty first or um, October thirty first. September quest bridge applications due September twentieth or something, and then I don't remember. Well, I, that that day was horrible. Man. It was really bad. <laughs> There's usually a day like that for quest bridge. There's usually a day like that for Rutgers deadline, which is November. December 1st is usually a day like that. Oh, yeah. January 1st around then is usually a day like that. But What's the latest you've been here? Like you stayed doing what? I mean, generally, you know, 12, 1 o'clock. Because yeah. Questbridge, because there was one year, because Questbridge, you know, it's Pacific time, right? It's really due midnight Pacific time. Yeah. Um, so how come we were stressing so much? Because you actually, actually I think it's, I think, I think it's at 3 a.m., yeah, but why were oh, we, so why we, were we aiming for midnight? We just hit me now. No, I think I think it was midnight. I think it was midnight. Yeah, it, it was said, Eastern it said, time. It said nine Pacific. Oh, I think it was. It Pacific. had to be. Okay. Yeah, there's no way I would have stressed like that. Yeah, yeah. Let no, you, we would let you not revise my essays. I think <laughs> other years they had it till midnight, right? Uh, um, so, till so midnight Pacific time. So and there was one year when one student was here till like one, and then he was like, "I, I can't do it anymore. I'm gonna go home." And I'm gonna finish it. So he gets home and he knocks out, falls asleep, didn't get his quest project. That's how I felt, like for real. Remember the FAFSA wasn't working and I had oh, to yeah, call them. I was on hold for 30 minutes. I just, I just gave up. Like screw the FAFSA. Like I had to keep going. Yeah. The quest project is crazy. And we found out later that it was due like a different date. Too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It anymore. was like the 15th of February or something. Oh. <laughs> so we were just stressing for no reason than that. Yeah. We set up late. It takes well, well, unless you do it early. 
Like we're supposed to, but it never happens that way. We're folding. Yeah, we sold. It's because a lot of other kids were like submitting early decisions. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was a whole line, a like, whole to, line. to get recommendations. And I was like, I was like, why are you doing theirs first? <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone's important. I can't. Yeah. I can't He's a focus. great man. Underappreciated, to be honest. So. But who? Oh, he knows his worth. <laughs> so what's what was your expectation? Like we're on topic of Questbridge. What did you expect to get out of Questbridge this year? Um, I mean, having five people apply and five become finalists, I didn't think, I, I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought maybe two or three would become finalists. And why is that? Why'd you why? Think? Because they only have a X number of finalists. So I, I think it's yeah. 6,000 something, something like finalists. Yeah, it's out of a well, like, like, like 18,000. 18, yeah. yeah, so the third... Of all finalists, don't you know? Of all applicants, don't become finalists. So I was thinking, okay, about a third of our kids will become finalists. Thank you. Question. I feel insulted. <laughs> I didn't say which ones. No, 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 not not because of that. <laughs> so you know how they did like summer program? What was it? Match program? The, uh, college summer prep scholars. Yeah, prep scholars. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't I told about that? Because <laughs> at that time, that was. Well, as you said, you had a good UD2 year, right? Yeah. So that application was due before UD2 was, year was over. Right? You're, you had a, a, a middling, middling mid. freshman year. You were mid. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then a, the solids UD1 year. And so I thought that's not enough to uh, get you yeah. into the college prep. I was surprised. I was surprised. I even finalists. And didn't he sell on an application too? I remember you, you spoke to me about that. Like he let you down on. I don't remember. Oh yeah, which one. freshman year. Stevens. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I remember. Yeah, in my mind, Jumbo, you were a slacker. Because, <laughs> <coughs> because yeah, when you guys were applying to the Art Harper Institute at Stevens, you <laughs> didn't do anything. You didn't apply. You showed That's up crazy. like on the last day. Like oh, I'm ready to apply. <laughs> that is crazy. I'm like Jumbo's a slacker. <clears throat> yeah, not anymore. I mean, maybe a little, a little bit. Senioritis. Well, now, careful with senioritis. Don't let it get you too bad. Because it, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. You but see it every year. Someone, I get a letter at some point, or someone gets a letter, they bring to me, like, oh, what do I do? Because the college has told me that, like, you know, they need some explanation from them or me about why their grades are suddenly so bad. Mm. I mean, there, there is, we have seen people literally not, you know, be told, sorry, don't come anymore. Or, at least, like, explain to us what what happened. When I tell you whether or not we're going to still take you. That's true. It's real. Yeah, it carries on. It's a college. It's crazy. I was going to ask about the hard trip. All right, let's, let's say, um, you know, DJV is like, let's say, Okay, and but then when we end, let's say how like, you know, don't be afraid to approach it. Yeah, because and then we we say like, you know, this may have been a rare occasion, but like, he brought us like to Massachusetts, whatever. Okay. And then like, basically end off by saying like, don't be afraid. He's always there for you. He wants the best for us. End up saying, he's just a stand-up guy. <laughs> yeah. Is DJ, DJ a stand-up guy? Go. <laughs> like, basically, just ended up like that. 
Okay. And then you stand up, take a bow. <laughs> I think I think you should walk off. <laughs> Drop a, a hat. Put, put this on. Put this on. We're done. Put it on. All right. I'll take. I'll walk off with that. That's cool. That's cool. All right, but uh, what did you say? You you go quick. Is there nothing, nothing else we want to say? No, right? Yeah, how is it for... We went through this. <laughs> nah, no. No? I'll just tell them about it after. Okay. <laughs> Bloopers. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. My day? All right, so... Typical day? Okay, here's... Like, well, one crazy day is... I mean, that's that's a crazy day, but a typical day is... I can use today as a typical day. You guys want me to start talking about a typical day? Okay. Like, I got you. Yeah. So DJB, we talked about crazy days, right? So how does a casual day look for you? A casual day, typical um, day. Typical day. Nah, just... Yeah, there aren't there aren't many casual days. So oftentimes Fridays are a little slower because you guys want to go home, so yeah. mm-hmm. nobody shows up to the office. But <laughs> just every day is interesting at Benedict's. For I think for anyone who works here, it's interesting. But like, you know, first of, you know, I, I wake up early. I like to get a workout in early because mm-hmm. I if. I get home too late to do a workout. Right? Workout so, routine? Workout routine, either at my age, I go for a, a fast walk. Mm. Like an hour long fast walk. Fast? How fast are we talking? Like, we're talking about like 13 and a half miles. Mm. You know, 13 and a half uh, per mile. 13 and a half minutes per mile. That's fast. That's fast. It's not like uh, you ever watch um, like Olympic walking. Oh, yeah. You have yeah, to yeah. Walk a, I don't yeah, walk yeah. like that, but you know. I, Close. <laughs> 13 miles. Or, or I have a Peloton. Sometimes I do a Peloton mm. in the morning. Um, but, but to do that, I have to wake up at 5. A bike. I wake up at 5 to do that. Um, I get here. I'm not one of those people who gets here like way before combo starts. I get here maybe 10, 15 minutes before combo starts. Unless I have a meeting. Um, do you sleep? Well, I try to go to bed at 10 so I can get five, 7 hours of sleep. But most nights I go to bed at like, more like 11. So mm. I don't sleep enough. But um Jeez. what sleep, else sleep uh, is a waste of time well you guys you guys probably sleep less than that right probably some days no. some days is crazy i try not to i try to like 10 i put everything away and just like finish everything next day but sometimes i just can't yeah sometimes it drags. sometimes you gotta stay up yeah. Yeah, i get but, the work done but sleep is like mad it's so valuable it's like, important yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel it. I can do like one day of five hours. If I do two days of five hours, that second day, I'm just like, my mind is hazy. I'm just, and I'm in a bad mood. So yeah, sleep is important. But get here in, you know, if it's a fall, fall is different. Fall, you know, fall is crazy because while we're trying to work, colleges are coming in. So it's like every hour and a half, there's a new college coming in. We have to go get the guests. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to participate in the presentation. Um, and then, you know, you guys have free blocks, so people are coming in to ask questions during free blocks. There isn't really time to do, like, office work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all day, all day just interacting with people and kids and stuff like that. Now, um, you know, in the second half of the year, once you guys don't have a free block anymore, it's the UD2s that have a free block. They, you know, they, they're not ready yet to... They don't have questions for us necessarily, so have more time in the morning to like do school work, like office work, and then once school ends is when a, a lot of students come. But, um, and then once students stop coming at around five or six, then that's another time to do another hour or two of, of office work. 
answering emails, or just like I said, the crazy things that happen. Like yesterday, I'm sitting at my desk, and the front desk forwards me a call. It's a woman from Burkina Faso. Where you know, oh yeah, people speak French in Burkina Faso. So the front desk must have thought, I don't know what to say to this thing. I'm going to send them to the person who, to one person here who knows how to speak French. And she wanted to know how she could get married in St. Mary's Church. I'm like, you know, I work in college guidance. Um, we need to talk to, you know, Father Francois or Father Albert. And, you know, so, so give me your name, give me your phone number, and I have to write an email to Father Francois and Father Albert and Father Phil saying, can you please take care of this lady? Like, I've taken her as far as I can. But all kinds of crazy things happen. DJB does it all. He's marrying people now. It's <laughs> crazy. Well, that's just one example. But, you know, you talk to anyone around the property, you know, that works here, they're going to tell you anyone at Benedict's wears a gazillion hats. You know, just, we don't know when Father is going to, just like with student leaders, right? Father is going to call you, hey, I'm with somebody, can you come and, you know, talk to them to give them a tour? Yeah. We never know. So, what what time do you usually leave Benedict's? I usually leave seven... Seven eight o'clock. Damn. Seven eight is crazy. You know, don't fall with your fingers. So you know, it's transition now. Massachusetts. Oh, how do we transition to Massachusetts? How do we transition to Massachusetts? How do we transition to Massachusetts? I know what to say. Go. All right. So, um, so yeah, you've heard it here. John Baptiste works like twenty four seven. Um, I know that you already requested brag sheets for juniors, so Some you know, you're already going. You're going yeah, to the new, the new class. Going. Mostly with the juniors who have UD2s. UD2s who um, are going, or th- we have, you know, the other thing that's happened, I'm probably talking too much for you guys, but um, you remember how in a couple years ago we only had students going to Syracuse in the summer, right? There's this oh, foundation yeah. called the Hayden Foundation that pays for pre-college programs at Skid. various colleges. Yeah, it used to be only Syracuse that kids got to go to for three or four weeks. But in recent years, Skidmore, they, they started paying for kids to go to Skidmore during the summer, kids to go to NYU, Marist, um, Columbia, um, and I'm leaving one school out. I can't think of it right now. But um, and, then, and then we have the Stevens. There's like one-week programs at Stevens. They don't pay for that. Stevens pays for that themselves. <clears throat> But a lot of kids this summer, this year applied. So those are the UD2s that I've been working with more. Or the ones who are eligible to apply for those programs. I think like 15 or so UD2s applied for those. So they had to do brag sheets and um, spend a lot of time in the office. Ms. Conley um, looked over their essay. Same process that you guys go through for your college applications. They went through for these pre-college programs. All right, so for all the students watching, um, I just want to say it's never too late to work on yourself. Um, and anything John Baptiste tells you, he's just doing. He's just telling you for your own good. He's not just saying stuff to you. So you really pay attention to what John Baptiste is saying. Uh, me and Gio formed a, like a, I'd say a close bond with John Baptiste. Um, and I think without him, like we would not be where we are right now. For sure. So use what you have at Benedict's. Don't overlook all the people supporting you. And. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who find you intimidating. I don't know why. Really? People find me intimidating? Yeah, but he's like the nicest guy here, so. And I didn't know that. He has a golden smile, you know? It used to be, like, when I first started working here, I used to be 
you know, I was literally like 21. And of course, as you evolve, your relationship with students changes. I think back then, I was not intimidating. I remember my first year, I, was, I used to be a, a UD2 English teacher. And one day I'm teaching, and all of a sudden this kid just jumps behind me, like, like uh, basically tried to body slam me. But it was in fun. It wasn't like he was mad at me. It was just like, oh, I feel like less than the teacher, so let me get what? the I mean, and I used to have kids in my office all the time just, like, hanging out with me, like, because I was close to their age. And then I guess, uh, then I stopped working in the classroom, and students knew me less because I was working in offices, and I even left for a while, right? Um, so when I came back... By the time I came back, I was like 40 years old, and I think by then I became like, oh, he's an old man, intimidating old man. But it's it's funny because back in the day, I used to be like, you know, kind of like, I don't know, who are the teachers now that students hang out with all the time and think that they're like basically same age as them? Maybe you aren't. Delaney, Delaney, I guess, at the box, you know, working out. Yeah, work out with Delaney, yeah. McFarland, doesn't McFarland like put on games and stuff? Definitely the. The volunteers, are yeah, the John's. volunteers. Yeah, they're relate to them. Feel like, yeah, I could. Yeah. You know, those those people are approachable. You know, um, that's how I used to be, but now I guess I'm seen as like some mean old man. Yeah. <laughs> DJB is very approachable. In fact, like he actually took us to uh, three of us, Jumbo, Darcy, and myself, to to Massachusetts and uh, Rhode Island and Maine. So yeah, we made it all the way up to Maine. Yeah, yeah. we went a couple of college trips to yeah. Bowdoin. We visited Harvard, uh, Brown. Babson. Babson. We were Tufts. No, that was no. We, we didn't go to Tufts. Tufts. No. Oh, Harvard. Was, uh, we went to Harvard. Stop by. Stop by a Harvard football game, even though DJV didn't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Drag me to that. I couldn't even watch it. I was in a Johns Hopkins program. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know what was happening. I was watching the game and eating my fries like Johns Hopkins. DJV, what do you think fries. about? You remember their halftime show? <laughs> no, oh, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. That was definitely. Well, I don't want to talk bad about Harvard. Massachusetts, do not spend your money on Harvard football games. Not worth it. Did they? Did they lose? Um, they won. They, won they probably won. They, they, they won. Playing, they were playing Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah, Lafayette. Yeah, yeah. They probably won that game. What was impressive was like how many players they had. Yeah. And it was crazy how big that team was, and and how big the people were. They were huge. Yeah. Would you say Brown does better halftime shows? Mm, I'd be lying if I said that. <laughs> yeah, DJB with the dolphin. <laughs> the dolphin is crazy. Remember, you remember the, there was like one girl yeah, with the like dolphin? A cutout dolphin. Oh, cut out. yeah. <laughs> In the halftime show. Yeah. yeah. That, really, that was fun. That's really bad, though. Like, I think I can do better than that. I think we did better than that with that with Lil Canoe. Yeah, Lil Canoe is way better than that. Like, definitely bring Lil Canoe to Harvard to spice things up. <laughs> Lil Canoe to Harvard is <laughs> crazy. Alright, anyway. You gotta walk out. Did you, wait, we gotta ask you a pressing say, question. Can you just walk out? I'm gonna say one more thing. Okay. All right. And the only reason we went on that visit was because uh, we didn't get our COVID shot, right? Oh uh, yeah. Three of us, we didn't get our COVID shot, so we missed out on the initial trip where they went to. to uh, BC. We didn't get to BC. BC as well. Yeah, we didn't go to BC. BU. BU. Northeastern. Yeah. We covered all the schools too, right? Yeah. But you guys missed it when we originally planned it. Yeah. Right. Because of right. COVID. Yeah. So, it's just another example, you know, John Baptiste, like, will do anything for us. Um, he just wants the best for us, and like, even though I don't know if you'll ever do that again, but it was very exclusive, you know, three three people. 
Um, but yeah, he's there for us, and just use him. Use him as much as you can, because... Use him, it's crazy. You know, <laughs> he, he loves it. He loves working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it easy. He doesn't want, like, 30,000 requests now, <laughs> bro. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I am, you know... Yeah, students, don't Love be... Job. Don't, uh... I think that I do these days, maybe pers- purposely, um, come off as a little bit more serious than I used to when I was younger, because, A, I am older, and B, because... There is so much to do that I do have to like try to get students to see how serious this college application process is. I've told you guys that <clears throat> during senior year, you go from being like kids to being adults because you have to do adult things, right? You have to figure out how to do the FAFSA, how to do the CSS profile, what a tax return is, what a tax transcript is, how to apply to EOF. It's complicated. It's really complicated. And I have to impart to you guys that you have to become serious yourself so i can't be joking because i gotta show you how serious you have to become so <laughs> i'm sorry if i come off as mean but i'm just trying to Doing get you job. guys to understand how hard it, how hard the college application process is and the financial aid process i got an idea for why you should walk off mm-hmm. i think you ask us which which college we like least mm-hmm. on the trip and we say brown and then you just <laughs> get right. up and all right <laughs> all right <laughs> So, you just asked. All right. Um, so we went on that trip. Which schools did you like the most? Which ones did you like the least? I think personally for myself, which one you like? I, I like Northeastern. Like Northeastern. the infrastructure and all that. It just it was cool. Yeah, I think my favorite was Northeastern too. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of Brown? Honestly, whack. It's probably like yeah. on the bottom. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I even come here? DJ <laughs> uh, That is crazy. <laughs> He really walked off. He really walked off. All right. That's all we got for the third episode of the Buzz Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for audio only. So make sure you follow us us there as well. And thank you. Thanks to DJB too. Even though he walked off, thank DJB. He's the GOAT.